In the last episode, I started off a Q&A episode trying to get through some of the questions that you submitted at booklaunchshow.com. Um, way too many questions than I can get through, especially since I spent an entire episode on just three questions. Um, I like to think that I'm giving wonderful information, but maybe I'm just getting long-winded, but I but doubt that'll change. Usually when people ask me a question, I tell them I- I'm going to start talking and eventually get around to answering your question. So um, I'm gonna, I got a few more questions I'm going to try to get through in this episode, and then in episode nine, I'm going to get back to our regularly scheduled program. So first, I just want to welcome you to the Book Launch Show. I'm your host, Tim Grawl. I've been working with authors to help them build their platforms and launch best-selling books for over eight years. I've launched dozens of bestsellers, but I've also worked with authors just getting their first books off the ground and out into the world. I've created this show to share those strategies and tactics I've learned along the way. Again, I like doing these Q&A episodes. It allows me to get into the nitty-gritty of your questions um, that I can't necessarily go into because I don't know your specific scenario. So you can always submit a question. I'll try to answer that on the show. It also allows me to do a show that I don't have to prep that much for because I can just answer your questions, which is nice. Okay. So this is the next question on the list. Is there a time of year to avoid launching a book? Uh, I'm shooting for a Monday in early June. So if you look at the publishing schedule, you'll see that they um, most of the time books are published pretty heavily uh, between like January-ish, starting in February for sure, going through May, and there's usually some books in June. And then they take a couple months off and it ramps back up late August, early September, tapers back out early December. So um, a lot of times books aren't launched, uh, especially around the holidays and in the middle of the summer in general. So there's always, always, always lots of exceptions to those rules, but that's uh, the the general kind of cycle. In fact, Joanna Penn uh, when she was going after the USA Today list to launch her um, her box set to the USA Today list, she um, picked a week in August on purpose that was right before the publishing industry ramped up again. So there weren't that many books being published that week. So she knew she had a better chance of hitting the bestseller list. Um, so you can look uh, and do your research and look around and figure out when books are being launched and try to time it around that. Uh, in general, so when I've worked with traditionally published books, I don't usually get to make those decisions. In fact, um, I have an author who, for I just, it's it's a counting reason. It drives me insane. Anyway, that uh, the book is released on December thirty first of the year. Like that's just so hard to to publish uh, to publish a book right at that time between Christmas and New Year's. We've done well, but it still makes it harder, and I don't like it. So um, anyway. But so you can kind of publish a book whenever you want, obviously, especially if you're self-publishing, you can just pick a day. Um, I tend to try to avoid times where I know authors uh, or uh, my people are going to not be paying attention. Uh, if you've been sending out newsletters for you know several years, you can look back in your archives and see uh, when, if there's a time of year that your open rates tend to dip. Um, a lot of times you can also time it based on when people are doing certain things. So if you're uh, publishing the latest thriller novel, something people will like to read on vacation, then you can time it around when they're probably about to go on vacation. So, uh, but I have found that um, you can 
when you have a good solid base of support, um, you can get people to help you pretty much any time of the year. Like I would avoid July in uh, August because that's when a lot of people are taking their vacations. So when I've tried to reach out to get people to help me with stuff in July, they're like, oh, can we wait till the end of August and then maybe we can do something. So it just depends on what you're doing. Uh, there's really no time that is like absolutely horrible, except like don't release your book on, you know, December 25th. That's probably not a good idea. But otherwise, you can kind of do whatever you want, um, especially if you're self-published. So early June is a great time to launch a book. Um, Monday is fine. I usually shoot for anything big. I usually do between Tuesday and Thursday. Um, you know, the kind of common the common thinking is like, okay, Monday, everybody's clearing out their inbox from two days and not working. And Friday, people are knocking off early and going home. But honestly, like if I, I've gone back and looked at my open rates, and I, I'll get just as good at open rates on Saturday afternoon as I do on Tuesday. So again, just look at your own kind of um, how people interact with your list. Um, reach out to some influencers ahead of time. So, you know, I'm recording this in December. If you're not coming out with your book till June, like I would go ahead in January and February, just reach out to people and say, hey, I'm going to be releasing this book in the first of June. Do you think that'd be a good time to, you know, get on board to help me promote this book um, and just make sure that they know it's coming, especially your influencers. And if you're getting a lot of people saying like, oh, I won't be able to help at that time, then you may want to switch it around. But I would guess that early June is a, a great time to do it um, and it's going to work out great for you. So another question is, should I do a media page for every book or can I have multiple books on the same media page? So this just depends. Um, so in general, so I talked about in the last episode when somebody was asking about like pre-order campaigns and how big to go um, on a certain launch. And I talked about how like if you're on a release cycle where the book's coming out every two years or once a year, um, you're going to want to go really big because it's a huge event. If you're releasing books on shorter cycles, you don't make a huge event over every single book. So if this is the only book you're releasing this year, uh, I would make its own media page. I mean, they're just super easy to set up. You can clone them. Uh, you know, you can just copy one page into another and then change the stuff for that certain book. Um, if you have multiple books that you're promoting at the same time, um, we could talk about that another time. Um, you know, I would never do a launch for multiple books at the same time and unless you're doing like a package giveaway thing um, that, you know, should all be focused on like selling one book. Um, so if you're doing one of these, a big launch where you're trying to hit really big for one book and get everybody to promote one book, I would create a media page for that one book um, because you don't want people to get confused. Like the whole point of this media page is to allow people to easily and quickly get everything they need to promote your book. And if they go to that page and they see three different book covers, they're going to be like, well, which book am I talking about? Like what, what's his new book? Like, you know, you don't want to make it confusing at all. And in general, you don't, if you're doing a book launch around one book, you don't want uh, you don't want to be talking about your old books. You want to be talking about the new book. Uh, it's all about the new book, you know, and, and you're going to promote that for a while. And so now if you're setting up a media page 
like right now, um, you know, both of my books have been out a while. If I was going to set up, um, if I was going to be on a podcast and I wanted, um, and I wanted them to promote something, I would put everything on one page. You could put both books on there. Um, I would put my bio that I'm author of both the books, you know, but, um, in general, when you're doing a launch, you want everything focused on the one book you're trying to sell and do not make it confusing by putting multiple books on the same page. Okay. Next question is, uh, what is the process for proving purchases and delivering bonuses? So I had a couple different people answer or ask this question, uh, and they asked in different ways. So the first one is, you know, I tell people like, okay, you're going to give away these bonuses. So whenever somebody buys the book on Amazon or, or Barnes and Noble or wherever, uh, you just send them these bonuses. And that sounds awesome. And it's one of those things where like, you're like, oh, that sounds cool. I can do that. And then when you go to do it, you're like, wait, how do I do that? Because like Amazon or Barnes and Noble, all these, they don't like tell me when somebody buys my book and who bought it. So I need to actually like get their information, right? So how do we do that? So, um, and why, how do we, how do we get people to prove they bought the book? Um, so the first, the first part of that question is how do we get people to prove they bought the book? So in general, um, I, uh, I do something where I just uh, rely on people being honest, right? So th- I do it for an honor system. If they forward me something, um, whether it's a receipt or just an email, I assume that they actually bought the book. Um, because uh, one is most people aren't going to steal something that costs $8 or $12 or whatever. Most people are pretty honest. Um, and if I wanted to actually check each of the purchases, it, I would have to pay somebody to go through each of the purchase one by one and make sure it's a real receipt. Um, and it would be time consuming and, and hard to do that. And so normally I just tell people to send me their receipt. And if they send me something, I just fire back the bonuses. Now I have a way to automate that. And I started to explain it on this episode. And after like eight minutes, I was only halfway through explaining this super technical process. And then I realized like I have a video that already shows you how to do this. And so I'm going to put the video, a link to the video in the show notes for this episode at booklaunchshow.com. Go to booklaunchshow.com if you want to know the the technical process of how you can move from somebody buying the book to actually sending you the receipt to delivering the bonuses and making that all automated. I have a a step-by-step walkthrough that I can send you for that. So uh, if you're interested in figuring that out, um, go to booklawshow.com, go to this episode, which is episode eight, and um, and watch that video, and that will walk you through it. Okay, so uh, I'm, I'm going to end this episode uh, on this question. How fast can I expect to grow? So I've gotten this question in a couple different forms, uh, and a lot of times it's this uh, frustration of why am I not growing faster? You know, I've been working on this a year and I have 300 people on my email list. Like, why? what about these people that grow these giant email lists? So uh, several years ago, probably five, six, seven years ago, um, I was really struggling in my business and uh, it was it was just hard and I'd been working for years and, and nothing was coming together. Uh, I always seemed to be out of money. I always seemed to be... Um, like my, I was running this business where it seemed like no matter how much money it made, that's how money, that's how much money it took to run the business, right? So I was always out of money, um, struggling to pay all my bills on time. And it just was so hard. And 
around that time, I found this article from a guy uh, named Jason Freed who started a company called, it used to be called 37 Signals, it's now called Basecamp. And he talked about how earning money was a learned skill. And he talked about how he started entrepreneurial activities when he was like 10 years old or something. And so by the time he was 22, 24 years old, you know, he had 12 and 14 years experience as an entrepreneur where I didn't start entrepreneur activities until my early 20s. And so for me to have a dozen years experience, it was going to take until I was in my mid 30s. And I realized like, you know, when you start playing the guitar or some or the piano or something like that, there's like this long ramp up time where you know, like it's going to take a while to become proficient. And then it's going to take a really long time to become actually good at something. And you've seen this with your writing, right? The first time you sat down to write a book, it sucked. And you had to keep working, keep working, keep working to become better at your writing. Outreach and marketing is the same thing. It's uh, a hard uh, process to learn. Uh, It's something, it is a learned skill that you would get better at over time. And you'll get better at it the same way you get better at other things, which is trying and failing, trying and failing, trying and failing. Now, I realize when I say that, um, you may be thinking, I didn't become an author so that I could learn how to be a marketer. And it's important that you understand that becoming a marketer is inherent in today's marketplace of being an author, unless for some reason you are the special snowflake that gets a huge writing advance with no platform and they just market your book like crazy and it sells a ton of copies and then you can just write the next book. Like that just doesn't happen anymore. Uh, it just doesn't happen. And we, there's all kinds of reasons of how the publishing industry has changed and why that doesn't work that way anymore, but just it doesn't work that way anymore. And so in Elizabeth Gilbert's book, uh, Big Magic, she talks about how uh, every art form, um, every art form has its own shit sandwiches that you have to eat. Uh, and so every art form that, that you're trying to do uh, has its shit sandwiches that you just have to eat. It's a part, it's inherent in whatever art form you're trying to do. And if you are trying to become a professional writer where people are actually paying for your books and you have a base of fans that buy your books on a regular basis, you have to learn how to market. What's good is that your growth is often uh, very slow at first and then it becomes exponential, right? So um, I was working with an author where for the first year, they um, it was a friend, so I was just kind of giving them advice as they were working on it. You know, for the first year, they really struggled uh, to get their first couple hundred subscribers and to get those subscribers to stay subscribed and stay engaged. And now, uh, after that first year, things really started to turn a corner and then they broke a thousand subscribers and their email list is continuing to grow. They did their first launch and it was very successful. They sold a lot of, a lot of copies of their product. And so it just kind of grows over time because he, it's not just doing the things, it's learning how to do them. And so when it comes to marketing, building your platform, um, it's really important that you put the time in, you put the effort in, and you learn how to do this because it is a learned skill that you will get better at over time. I continue to get better at it, even though I've been doing it a decade now. 
The other thing I want to mention here is the importance of doing influencer outreach. So a lot of people try, they think, okay, if I do my blogging and I do my email newsletter and I do uh, my social media and I do all of these things, that that's all I have to do. I don't actually have to connect with influencers. Unfortunately, that is wrong. It's really important that you connect with influencers. And um, we are going to be, uh, you know, we'll talk about more about influencer outreach and how to do that the right way. Uh, but it's really important that you start building connections with other people that are doing the same thing as you. This doesn't mean that you're out trying to get Stephen King to be your best friend and help promote your book, right? We're not trying to get these big A-listers to like help us promote our book. We just want to kind of join arms with other people that are doing similar things from as us so we can all grow together. And that's what a lot of influencer outreach is, is connecting with other people that are doing similar things to me so we can learn from each other, we can help each other, we can continue to grow together. And so how fast can you expect to grow? You know, I've seen authors that have just like come out of the gates and they've just had huge growth and they built a 10,000 email list in one year. Uh, if you're like me, it took me a year to get my first 500 subscribers and then another year to get to 2,000 subscribers. And now I actually know how to grow an email list much faster. So there's all these different things that go into it. So how fast can I expect to grow? Um, it, you got to make sure that you're practicing, you're doing the right things at the right time. You're listening to stuff like me and other stuff. You're reading the stuff I put on my website at booklaunch.com. You're doing all of the things and continuing to practice and put yourself out there. And what will happen is it'll be painful, 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 and then things will turn around. Uh, and I, you know, I start telling you the story of my business and that's what it was, is it was like hard, hard, hard. And then all of a sudden, in the space of literally eight weeks, everything turned around and it got a lot easier. And then it was hard and plateau and plateau and working hard and working hard. And then again, it turned and it got even easier, right? And this is how this stuff works, is that you're going to work on it. You're going to work on it. You're going to feel like you're just churning on something that doesn't matter, that's not growing. And then all of a sudden, things will get a little easier and you'll be able to sell more books and your email list will grow. And then you're going to plateau again and you're going to churn on it, churn on it, churn on it. So how fast can you expect to grow? It just it depends on so many factors. Again, you know, there's stories of authors that, you know, get 300 subscribers in their first year and authors that get 10,000 subscribers in their first year. And it's everything in between. And the important thing is to understand it's a learned skill and it's okay that you're going slow. It's okay that you're putting the time in and not seeing a ton of results because you will. This stuff works. I've seen it work over and over and over and it will work for you. You've just got to put the time in and learn the skills. Okay, I'm going to stop there. Um, thanks again for listening uh, to this episode, uh, especially this Q&A episode. I love doing these. Continue to submit your questions to me. I like doing these Q&A episodes, so I'll do some more in the future. Uh, if you want to submit a question, you can do that at booklaunchshow.com. That's also the place that you can see any past episodes, show notes, the video I mentioned. Um, all of that is at booklaunchshow.com. So if you want to help support the show, since this show is still pretty new, um, you can do that by telling other authors about the show uh, and leaving your rating and review on iTunes. So thanks for listening, and we will see you in the next episode.